This week on the podcast, I'm having a chat with my friend Josh Post. Josh was actually the first person that I did a podcast with many years ago now, and since then we've actually done a bunch of sailing together. We've sailed in Spain, we've sailed in the Balearics, and we've also sailed in Greece. A bunch has changed with him. He's gone through a couple of boats since then, so here is an update podcast with my friend Josh. Are you guys still at the? You guys are still there at the mainland, like Alicante, or did you guys end up going back to the islands? Oh yeah, we left like as soon as. So I got to Alicante, to the um, to the same marina that we well we didn't go to, but we were anchored outside of with Anton and Antoinette. Oh yeah. So we stayed there for like four days. I took off some of the old solar panels and replaced them with like the cheapest ones I could get, which are literally brilliant. Mm. It performs so well; it's crazy. Um, so yeah, as soon as we got those solar panels on and the swell calmed down, we anchored up for like two nights in that same spot, and then we just went straight over to um, Ibiza, and we've been here okay. since. Because you were out shit weather. Because you were on that air, you were already there, weren't you? And then you came over to the mainland, and then back essentially, or yeah, okay. Well, it mate, it was quite a trip. Like it was from um, the depths of Greece, so it wasn't like the Ionian. It was like. Um, mainland greece this place called Colado, where the boatyard was so i just i just wanted to bring the boat over as quick as possible but have a nice time at the same time yeah so we got like quite a few mates over you were invited uh, yeah. and then um yeah we ended up going just cruising around greece to zante then from zante to sicily sicily to sardinia sardinia to menorca menorca to abifa then we went over to alicante picked up the family and now I'm back. <laughs> oh, crazy. It's been busy. Yeah. Nonstop moving. Because I saw you had different yeah. um, crew members for a while, like different people come on for like a week at a time, I assume, or something. You had Chris for a while. Then you had like a, another guy yeah. or two guys, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We had Chris came on board for a bit and he helped me out a bunch as he does because he knows everything. So like it was, uh, to be honest, the boat's been fine. Like I put it in the water. I could have sailed it. No problem back to Greece, but there was a few bits I needed to like ideally replace. The raw water pump bust in the middle of the ocean. That was interesting. So the engine won't work, but I've got to fix around for that. Um, but yeah, the boat was actually okay. It's held together pretty well. Like there's been a number of things, like a few hoses have burst here and there, and I've had quite a bit of water coming in, but it was all good. So oh, Chris geez. helped out. And then once we got to Zante, Chris left. And then I had like a friend I've had since I was 16 years old come on board. Oh, nice. I haven't seen in like 20 years. No, actually, yeah. that's a lie. I hadn't hung out with him in 20 years. He came to my wedding in Dubai, which was wicked. Um, I messaged his mum and I was like, listen, I know this is a bit of a far-fetched request because I'm like, I don't know, 6,000 miles away, but I'd really like your entire family at my wedding. And she just said, okay. And then yeah. they came over for it, which was cool. So she brought... The husband and then a three kids who were all like my age. So that was the last time I saw him. And he um he basically like sacked off his land life, quit his job, like good job, and just wants to buy a boat and go sailing around the world. And this was the first time on a cruising boat for him. Uh and he loved it, which was great. Like he oh, awesome. really loved it. Is he from your uh, same in hometown? In... Kind in, uh, of. He's from Wigan, Manchester. Right? So he's no. from I mean, I, I would never say he's from Wigan because that would be a grave insult to his character. Um, <laughs> he, he's from about 40 minutes away from where I'm from. I can't remember. It's the nice side of Manchester. There's a couple of nice places in Manchester. He's from Wilmslow, I think that's where he's from. Um, yeah, he's, he's from a nice neighbourhood. So he, he was uh, he was liking it on board the boat. <laughs> he was liking it. I think he'll I think he'll end up getting one soon. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, right. so that was good. Then we had JC, uh, my friend. I don't know if you met J. I don't. Did you meet JC? I don't think so. I think they left the Balearics just before you arrived, actually, and we didn't end no. up meeting up with them because they left early because he was like two weeks off work, so he had to shoot. Um, so yeah, JC, and then a Danish guy called CM Funk or Chris Funk. Um, who's a really good sailor, actually. He's a very, very good sailor. He's, like, really comfortable just, like, leaving the boat to him. Um, and then, yeah, in Sardinia, I had a couple of Australians who, very minimal experience, but they'd already, like, made a plan to, like, uh, just go buy a boat and start sailing around the world because they were really sick of, like, the usual job, 95 type of bullshit. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, they stayed on board for, like, two weeks. Wicked couple, really nice. Ryan and Amanda. I think I put some stuff on Instagram with them. But uh, super nice people, like, really cute. The they were in like the late 30s and they've been together since they were like 16 or 17 or something. Oh, wow. You have to be nice to maintain a relationship for that long. So <laughs> that's a good, I think that's a good starting point. <laughs> yeah. Been in a relationship for like 20 years. You're probably a nice person unless they hate each other equally. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and now Hib is there so, right now or no? Or she, uh, or Arthur and Hib yeah. are there? Yep. Yeah. So they came. They arrived the second day I was in Alicante. So, yeah, just cleaned the boat up. They arrived, made a few changes. Um, man, it's weird because, like, I came on this boat in October of last year when it was a shithole, and I was just, like, refitting it and, like, not showering, right. just eating biscuits, like, paying no attention to my general sanitary health. And the, that has been my life for like eight months, <laughs> apart from when I go back and see them, then I shower and I look good. Um, so yeah, like being on the boat with the family <laughs> was such a change. So it's like, it's, it's not a working man's boat anymore. It's a family boat. So yeah. getting used to like the baby toys, the cats have been surprisingly easy actually to keep on board. That was one like pleasant, um, pleasant yeah. surprise. They just took to it really well. They just go right. outside. They just chill on the deck. They don't like jet skis or motorboats, which is sweeks. Neither do I. And you saw that uh, wifey, wifey. You saw wifey again at the same at the same place. Mate, you recognised me straight away. Like literally, I was on the bow on a oh, completely crazy. different boat, and um, he came over so as soon as he saw me. And at first, he said, "You've grown your beard." I was like, "I have grown my beard." And he was like, "And then, you, then he was like, oh, you've got a new boat.'" And then he was asking about you. He was like, "Where's Josh?" And I was like, "I was in oh, California." Crazy. And He's doing some work over there and stuff. And um, yeah, he's uh, still delivering pie air on his head. Uh, oh, <laughs> still absolutely loving it. Mate, that's actually a good a good uh, place to start off a little um, podcast intro because you're the first person I did a podcast with. Oh, yeah. Um, you're the first person I asked to do a podcast with because um, I watched all of your videos going way back, all of your sailing videos. But we've actually done quite a bit of sailing since then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Crazy how the internet works and brings yeah. people together. Oh yeah, so I was just thinking of the. I was just thinking of the. What is the Bill Maher podcast? And he's always like his guests are always like, uh, oh, we Club brought Random. me on. Or, yeah, random. What is it called? Club Random. Yeah, Club Random. Such a good podcast. Yeah, and his guests are always like, oh, are we on? You know, he's like, oh yeah, we've been on for a half hour. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know. <laughs> he's been smoking weed for like thirty minutes already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's crazy. He, oh, yeah. he was on Joe Rogan actually, like. Two days ago, I think he was on Joe okay. Rogan. That was a really good podcast as well. Okay, okay. Uh, I saw cool. that there was a, uh, the other uh, big Joe Rogan one was the uh, that country singer guy that everybody's talking about, which I don't even know what what the big deal is, whatever. But it's like I guess he's got some huge song or something. I don't know. Well, what's it's going funny. on with that? 
Yeah. Mate, that went viral. It's a, it's oh, actually yeah. a nice song. Like, I listened to it. He was complaining about fat people, which was weird. I was like, I think there's more problems than fat people. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, I was like, yeah, it sounds like a good old working class miners type of song. It's like something British people would sing in a pub when they're getting drunk. Yeah, um, like kind of old old fashioned or whatever. But yeah. it's like, it's yeah, it's really weird how it went like just crazy viral. But that just shows you that you never know. As soon as a few people start sharing stuff, next thing you know, it's like gone crazy. Yeah. Need to be careful. Need to be yeah. very careful these days. What you put on the internet. I have no talent, so I don't need to worry about that. No, he's a good singer. I think he's got offered a record deal or something after that. I'm sure I read one article saying, "Oh yeah, I think so." Yeah, country. Yeah, I mean, it was bound to happen, weren't it? Because he's actually a good singer. But yeah, he was on. I didn't listen to that one because, like, that was one of those viral moments that hit the internet. And I looked at it. I was just like, "Bugger off!" It's a nice song. Like, I'm not interested in delving into this any deeper than <laughs> than necessary do you know what i mean same same with me yeah yeah uh, but yeah he ended up on like the biggest podcast in history <laughs> because of that song so it was quite cool uh but yeah we yeah we've had uh quite the uh couple of years here since we first spoke and yeah. then things have just completely kind of steamrolled into things doing things together sailing uh we went on your boat for a while in uh ibiza mm. and and uh spain that was like, I think I was there a week. Uh, your Moody 32, right? Was that it? Or 33? Yeah, Moody 336. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the old boat. <laughs> yeah. It seems like a bait. I could fit that inside this one. <laughs> you had the Moody and you were going to sell, you sold it. Did you did you sell it before you had bought this one or you bought it, you sold it right after that or how, how would that go down? Yeah, sold it um, pretty, actually, I think it was kind of just after you left. I think okay. so. Or did we do another summer? I'm not sure. I can't remember. But somebody messaged me on Instagram. They were just like, I want to buy your boat. I was like, well, it's not for sale. And they were like, oh, well, I really want to buy it. I was like, okay, maybe it is for sale. So, um, right. yeah, they came along and they, they just immediately was just like, yeah, I'll take it. No problem. Um, but he since sold it. He had it for like a year. Apparently, like he he didn't maintain it very well or anything because Chris was staying in the same marina in Almerimar and he was like, yeah, the boat just got filthy and it never left. And, um yeah, that's the sad end to that boat. But it was it was up for sale about six months ago because I got loads of people messaging me. Like, I, I don't know, like 10, 15 people messaging me. They were just like, oh, I just want to know about your boat that's for sale. I was like, it's not my boat. And they were like, oh, yeah, but you used to own it. I was like, how do you know that? Like, <laughs> what's going on? No idea. So, um, yeah, anyway, I, th I think somebody, I think one of my followers on social media actually ended up buying it because I know that they oh, crazy. see it. Oh, cool. So, yeah. It would be cool to just like turn up in an anchorage somewhere and it's there. Like that would be yeah, yeah. that would be awesome. Actually, I'd love that. Um, Do you know if they stayed in the same happen. area or did they move the boat away or did they stay in the same area? No, stayed in the same area. Um, yeah. He moved it out of Almerimar to another marina, which is I think about forty minutes away by car. So probably I don't know about a four hour, five hour sail, something like that, maybe more. But yeah, they moved they moved it away shortly after. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but I hope somebody's bought that boat who takes good care of it because I put a lot of effort in with that thing. I sold it too soon, um, but yeah, pretty much. I think I think maybe a couple of months after um, after you left, I think I think I ended up selling that. What's the What's been the difference of um, you got a yeah? It was a thirty three feet, uh, you know. So now you've got a fifty six. Is that what it is? Yeah. So it's more than 20, 20 feet difference. Is that how how is that uh you know the difference in sailing that? You know, 
not that much to be honest because the mood the moody was like quite a quick boat this sails upwind a lot better because it's got mm. quite a heavy big keel whereas the moody was a bilge keeler so it was great on the beam and it was very comfortable on anchor it didn't roll around that much for its size and weight and um, but it didn't sail up winds that well but all the lines led aft all the lines lead aft on this this is easier to handle because it's got a bow thruster <laughs> i wish i had a bow mm. thruster on the moody um mm. But it's a different boat. Like that was the boat that was designed for like cutely crossing oceans. I'd, I'd say like it was definitely suitable for it. Many people have circumnavigated in that boat. Whereas this is a boat for coastal cruising. Um, that's definitely capable of like crossing an ocean. But like the space inside, the cockpit layout, it's been designed for comfort rather than sailing. Right. Um, so it's pros and cons, mate. If I had the money, I'd get a fifty-six foot Moody, but I don't. So I got a fifty-six foot Juno instead. <laughs> so, um, yeah, mate. I think just ca catching everybody up. We, uh, I don't know if the people who listen to my podcast know this. So, we ended up sailing for a couple of weeks on my boat in Spain. Yeah. Then I invited you to Greece on a charter that we did. Oh yeah, that was uh, awesome. which was brilliant. Yeah, that was such a good time. That mate, that, that, actually, my best memory of you was in Greece. <laughs> I think you know what it is. It was the, when the we nighttime were kayaking, completely right? shit. Yeah, the nighttime yeah. paddleboarding. Paddleboarding. Yeah. yeah. So we were basically um, we were having a beach party, and I successfully got everyone shit faced by peer pressure force. We were sharing that. Uh, what is that stuff? Uzo, right? The Uzo. Uzo. That's right. Yeah, mate. Uzo is great when you drink it, but the next morning you're guaranteed a hangover. It's horrible. It's a horrible day after drink. Um. So, yeah, we were all getting shit-faced on that beach, and then we decided to go for chicken, as you do when drunk. And, um, yeah, you decided to do, like, what was that? Like a free – it must have been two or three miles paddleboard across a bay in the middle of the night. Yeah, I can't remember. It was something like two miles. I remember I measured it at one point afterwards, you know. But, yeah, it was funny. Uh, it was like 11 at night or something, and everything was um, – we, we, it was kind of the off-season, so, like, none of the restaurants were really open. And we looked yeah, and we saw that – we saw that a few were going to be maybe open till midnight. I think it was. And so we like rush in there and I'm like, just going the whole time and all this. And I, I was determined to beat you guys. Cause you guys were on the dinghy with the outboard. Um, yeah. And I'm just going and I'm like, it's all silent the entire time. And then right as I get to the end, I start hearing like some noises from like talking and like the outboard motor and everything. Mm. And then oh, I see, well, I, I, it was right at the end when we started arriving to the same uh, Harbor. Ah. Cause I think you guys maybe went a little bit of a loop or like kind of kept out towards the the shore. And I did, I did more of a straight line uh, anyway. And I heard, um, yeah. who was it? Uh, one of the, it was part of the group and everybody, you know, everybody's laughing and talking because, you know, and then we got there and I was like, we pretty much arrived at the same time. So it was crazy. Yeah. Man, I thought, well, like we all thought that might be the last time we ever saw you. Like you needed to do it. It was obvious like it was something that you had to do, but we were like, you could die out there. So like, when we, when we turned up, we were like, oh, thank God he's not dead. Like, he's arrived. And you'd made friends already. No surprise. Oh, yeah. You were talking oh, yeah. to some Germans. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, I just sort of looked at the lights of the city and just kind of kept going with the paddle. Yeah. Mate, you yeah, definitely paddled that board in a straighter line than we did the outboard. Because we, we weren't paying attention. We, we were just chatting shit and talking about pizza like yeah. the entire time. And then we were like, oh, no, we're really not heading in the right direction now. Um, but, yeah, you did well. So that's my best memory of you. And just picking out ginormous bushes from the wilderness and launching them on an alcohol fire. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it was quite good as well. 
Oh yeah, trying to make the bonfire and like trying to find uh, wood. Yeah, yeah. You, those you people on the, the video. Yeah, yeah. Most of that in the video. Uh, I was going to say the people we saw when we got to the shore after that paddleboard were like an English group, I think. And oh. they actually, they were the ones that owned a really nice, um, like Greek boat that I did a little oh, boat tour yeah. of. Yeah, I remember and I had that. met them the day before because I like randomly they were anchored right next to us, and I went up to their boat. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, can I, can I get a little uh, video of it? So I like went on the board and I did this and that, and I made a video of that. Um, and then we saw them the next day and like, whoa, Josh, what are you doing? You know, stuff. It was, uh, it was <laughs> that was a great little town though, especially in the off season. Cause it's so like little small, charming kind of place. Yeah. Uh, pe- mate, Peros, I, I right? don't even want to think like how busy that place would be in like August, maybe even now actually in September. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that place would be heaving. Ibiza's nuts. It's crazy. Like oh, wow. some of these anchorages aren't that bad now because there's not as many charter boats out. But like the place in general is heaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that place called with What's where uh, where Wifi is at Solano or Sol- Saldano? What do you call that place? Calasoana. Okay. Yeah, Calasoana. I took the Australia. I think we'll go next week actually because we've got these um, northeasterlies. So basically, we can't go to the north side of the island, which we wanted to. Um, but we'll do it next year. We're not bothered. So I think I think we'll probably hang around uh, Formentera. Then we've got this like YCA um, Flochella Ibiza. So it's like the first YCA big meetup for the Med. That's on the 14th of this month. So really looking forward to that. We've got a lot of people confirmed to turn up. So that's going to be cool. So yeah, I think we're going to do that in Ibiza and then we're just going to shoot straight over to Mallorca. And then we've got quite a lot of people we're meeting up with in Mallorca as well, which is going to be sweet. Like some people that do like YouTube and stuff that's going to be um, pretty good. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, well, 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 yeah, I've seen some of your posts about it. It looks like it's really going to be awesome. I hope so, mate. Like, crazy. I need to uphold a bit of a reputation. So <laughs> I need to make this uh, need to make this a good party. Uh, it's a bit weird because, like, generally when you throw a party, you know who's going to turn up. You're like, oh, let's invite Dave. Let's invite Rita. Let's invite Bernie because um, they're all good dudes. Um, but, yeah, I've never met anyone who's going to turn up to this actually <laughs> well maybe a few people but yeah it's going to be um quite interesting because usually when you go to a party like depending on the type of character that you are you modify your behavior slightly to the audience uh-huh. like you uh-huh. don't turn up to the party with you know people that have a grand piano in the living room the same way you turn up to your party where there's cocaine on the table it's a different type <laughs> of josh do you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be uh interesting to like gauge what everyone's like like what language can i use around these people <laughs> That's gonna be awesome, though. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. No, but yeah, we were kind of talking about the, 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 the history. So it's yeah, like, what was that? Two? No, that's at least three years ago. I think when we first met up on your boat. Really? And I think it was two years ago. Was it more? Maybe was it two years ago when we did the Greece trip. Yeah, and then a year and ago when we did one year ago that's when enough. I did that other uh, catamaran trip where I saw you for a couple of days. Yes, yeah, I'm. You know that I'm gutted that that could have lasted long, but I've been on the boat already for quite a while. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then how did that go? Actually, I mean, they sold the boat immediately after, so I presume it didn't go well. But yeah, like, how, yeah. Did, uh, uh, how did it go? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And for the listeners, I can tell the full backstory. So, and this is what's really been cool, and I think you've seen the same stuff as you've as you started doing more and more of like YouTube or podcasting that kind of thing. You you'll meet other people in the in the community that that have listened to you or watched your videos or whatever, and then contact you out of nowhere. And that's what mm-hmm. happened to me. It was a couple from South Africa that contacted me, completely random, with an email 
and they're like, oh, you know, we, we just bought this boat in the north part of France and we're staying on the boat and we're getting ready to take it uh, from France over through port, you know, around Portugal uh, into Spain, southern part of Spain, and then the Balearics. And we want to keep going. Their goal was to go to Greece. And uh, like anybody who's new, even myself, and we've talked about this before, but they um, uh, everybody sort of thinks you can get places so fast right on a sailboat. And it's in reality, it's like you need to probably cut it in a third or whatever, what you think your plan was, Easy. because if you think you're going to do it in two months, really, it's going to take maybe six months or, or four or five months, whatever. Um, yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to this and then this. Uh, would you want to join us? And I was like, well, I, I don't have, you know, two or three months to, to do it, but I could join you for like a week or, or maybe two weeks. I think I think I ended up staying for like 10 days or so. Okay. Um, and I, I and so we had a very specific area. Like I met them in uh, Spain in was it Alicante. Is it the place called Alicante? Yeah. So you turned up Alicante. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then ended up going over to uh, the Balearics there with Ibiza, Formentera. What's the next one over? Mallorca. 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 Yeah. Um, and then I think that's the, the final place. We didn't get. We were going to try to get to Sardinia by the time I was there, but we didn't end up doing that because you know, as you know, it's like everything takes so long. Yeah. Um, just waiting for weather and all that. But it seemed like your it was your trip. You were more going with the wind most of the time because I think the wind kind of comes from that direction, doesn't it? Or maybe I'm wrong. Or it, you never know. Nah. The, yeah. Well, it mostly yeah. comes from the nose. Um, it's crappy. Like to be honest, out of every two weeks, you probably get like three days of easterlies. Um, sorry, three days of westerlies where you can actually go like downwind into the med, but the majority mm. of the time it's on the nose. I think it was on the nose the entire time because we pretty much motored all the way. I remember oh, wow. like as we were pulling up, as we were sailing past Cartagena, and this is from like Gibraltar areas. So like, as we were sailing up Cartagena, I was like, oh, maybe we can get the sails out. It was like 40 degrees to the winds. And that mm. catamaran doesn't sail 40 degrees to the wind. So, right. um, yeah, we pulled them away shortly afterwards. And I was like, that was the only positive hope of any type of sailing we actually got when we were on that boat. Although it does sail well. Like, it's actually oh, yeah. a really good boat. So I've seen a lot of them since. Yeah. Um, That's what was a that naughty thing? tech. What was it? Open 40. Not a tech. That's right. Not a tech. Yeah. Um, not a tech. Open 40. They're, um, yeah, they're, they're such nice people. I, I oh, wish yeah. that would have been a different introduction for them. I, th I think, like, their first six months on that boat were tough. Like they were motoring from the north of France um, all the way around the coast of Europe, across the Bay of Biscay. They're hardly set, like, always motoring into the wind. Um, they just had a really shitty introduction into cruising. Like I think yeah. if that part would have been different, they probably would still be on the boat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a little more of the background of the, the, this couple, Anton and Antoinette, they had this beautiful catamaran brand new, they bought it. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I mentioned to you that they're going to try to do this trip and I was like, Hey, do you want to join them for a short amount of time? So you think you did it for like a week. And then at the end of your trip, I was able to meet you in Alicante and then, yeah. uh, you jumped off and I got on and then I continued with them. And that was really an awesome time. But yeah, like you said, I mean, there was sometimes a little bit of rough conditions on the nose and stuff like that. Um, but it was like a really uh, awesome trip. And I got some, I got a bunch yeah. of video of that and I haven't even done the editing of that yet. I mean, it's just crazy how much that. stuff I have. I've been waiting uh, for like a year <laughs> to actually watch the footage of, of you sailing the Balearics on that because that would have been a great one. 
yeah, uh, it's crazy. My advice to people like that are trying to do YouTube videos is try to just do edit the videos right away that you want to do and then get it done mm. qu uh, quickly because otherwise, I mean, this stuff just piles up and then you have other footage from other stuff. So a lot of, a lot of the stuff I'm doing is like from a year and a half ago or something, because I just, I want to get that stuff done, but there mm. hasn't been time to do, you know, to do in. So by the time this stuff rolls around, I mean, I've got stacks of the footage. If you will, if, if, if the footage was like old school where you could actually see a stack of it, I would have like just bare, I'd be buried in the footage trying to get, get done with it. Whereas I, I think the best way to do it is like you do it this week and do it the next week, you publish it or whatever and move on. Uh, because yeah, if you yeah. Keep, if you hold on to it and trying to backtrack, it's like takes forever. So, I've been my goal was always just to yeah. sit in my little office and stuff and be like, okay, I'm going to sit here for a month straight and just get through everything, and organize you know? everything, and then uh, and start fresh if I can get everything. I you know publish something like every day for a month and then I would be up to date. You know, it's well, crazy. you've got a massive library of like back catalog footage which you can make videos from and you can pick and choose what you want to make as well mate. like I, right. I i only did the youtube stuff for the refit videos and right. then i hib is going to do youtube videos um but when i was going when i've been doing it i'm like i just don't want to edit refit videos now anymore i've only done like five or something <laughs> i got i got sick of it pretty quickly oh yeah uh, so yeah i think i'm gonna do one on like sailing maybe in a couple of weeks and just like mix it up oh hibber did a boat tour actually okay. so i think we'll put that one online yeah um but yeah that's been interesting like yeah. editing youtube videos that that was that was a first for me it's a lot it's i don't envy you mate. it's time a lot consuming. of work oh yeah it's a lot of work and time consuming than people think and it's like but then the thing is you can you can put out stuff quickly if you aren't that you know if you don't care too much about the quality of it which i'm just too yeah you know uh into the quality and stuff like that and making sure it's perfect which i think is a major downside of you know, it's a, it's a negative to be like that personality because you really just need to get stuff out. Decent quality kind of tells a story, get done with it, move on and don't spend. Yeah, but it's weeks. worked out well for you, like spending so much time getting the quality right is worse because now it's it's actually your job and, and you're getting paid to make videos for the government. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I do some of that as well. Um, and that's another reason I'm back backlogged so much because I've got a couple of other projects going on. But before we move off of the story with Anton and Antoinette with their catamaran, I wanted to tell you the most exciting thing that was crazy during that trip. We were in, um, I get confused with these islands, but what's the bigger one? Menorca? Is the, the big one, which right? one? The big uh, yeah, Mallorca is the big one. Okay. Mallorca is the big one. Mallorca, yeah. Mallorca. Mallorca. Um, there was this little bay on the northern part, which is just really quaint town. I can't remember the name of this place. Let me look at my let me look at my phone. Port uh de Solaire, which is S-O-L-L-E-R. Oh, yeah, it's very, very popular. -E yeah. There's like a little train on the coat on the beach and stuff, a little train that goes yeah. down. But it's a quite small um kind of cove. I'll see if I can even show you here. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's beautiful. It's a great place to anchor. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, it has a nice little anchorage and stuff. But the thing is, it's quite small. So um, we were there and there was a storm coming through. So everybody mm. came to that everybody same place. Everybody was going there. Because it was like the only, on the whole coast there, it's like the only little inlet. Um, so everybody's just anchored within like a few feet of each other. Yeah. So around, it was real nice, pleasant. People were swimming throughout the afternoon, evening, and then around 10 p.m. It gets dark and everything, <laughs> and the wind shifts completely, turns everybody's boat completely 180. Oh, and no. um, a lot of fancy boats there, too. I mean, as you know, around that whole region, it's like crazy fancy yachts and stuff. Yeah. Megamind. So there was this fancy, super, I don't know, mega yacht uh, sailboat situation, and all of a sudden it starts dragging anchor 
and we were right next to this real fancy uh, ultramare um, catamaran, uh, probably yeah. 55 feet. I mean, he's just really fancy as well. Yeah. And I'm, we're sitting there like just finished eating some dinner and stuff. And all of a sudden I'm like looking out and I'm, I see like lights from this boat and I start, start hearing yelling and everything. And yeah. this boat, this fancy yacht, that's the monohull slams right into the side of the Ultramare. And then it gets caught up in the rigging. Like it gets intertwined in the rigging. Oh no. And so like nobody could do anything. Cause it was like, you know, uh, and everybody's yelling and stuff and dinghies were having to go and try to, you know, push them off and all this stuff. And it took about an hour. Um, and I'm out there. We're like, I, I was telling Anton YouTube and in the whole Ed, thing. <laughs> well, I was taking some video, but I was also like telling them like, get, we got to get the engine started and get prepared to move in case they start going towards us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because it was getting crazy. Like they would be within like 10 feet of us at one time. Cause they're like hitting the, they're trying to rev their motor to get off the boat and do this, and that, um, mm. Anyway, so a couple times they got really close to us and we like, you know, revved up the motor and like tried to, uh, we got away a little bit and nothing, nothing touched our boat or whatever, but it was pretty wild to see that whole thing. And then we were planning to leave the next morning and beat a little weather system to go, um, I guess it would be east along the coast there. Yeah. So we get up at like 5 a.m. or whatever. And again, the wind had shift, the shift of the wind moved the boat again, uh, 180 degrees, whatever, way down this way. And throughout that entire kind of uh, anchorage, there's also on the side of it, there's like all these little dinghy, uh, dinghy moorings, like balls. Yeah. They're like the town dinghies are, are tied onto. Mm -hmm. And so we were coming around right as we woke up, like there was a dinghy right here. And then the boat comes right to it and it like touched the dinghy, but it luckily is inflatable. It's like, it's not going to damage anything. And then it kept moving. And then like, I saw the dinghy, uh, the mooring ball go underneath our boat I'm like, oh crap! Oh. I think that you know. I, so then, sure enough, the line of the, um, of that mo uh, mooring went under the rudder of our boat, and we couldn't get do anything. So there I am at five in the morning, and we're all like freaking out and stuff. I'm like, I got, I got to dive in the water. It's dark and everything, you know. So yeah. they had an underwater flashlight. I go down there, you know. Unfortunately, in in those kind of moments, uh, I didn't, you know, didn't take my GoPro down there, you know, because it's like, uh, would have been an awesome video, but you can't do that when you're like going crazy and stuff like that. So I jumped down there with this thing, like in my mouth and stuff. And I'm like, and the, the rope was tied around. And I'm sitting there. I pulled out and luckily I was able to get the thing underneath the uh, rudder and then it released us. And then we were able to take off. Uh, but then it ended up, we got out, once we actually got to the ocean area, the waves were crazy. Wind was crazy in our face. Mm -hmm. So we ended up just turning around and we're like, well, sometimes you just got to go with the, with the weather instead of against yeah. it. So it was completely opposite of our plans, but we ended up going back to the uh, other town where we were, which we stayed several days. I'll tell you the name of that town. Also <laughs> beautiful place. Um, just in case, like I said, anybody else is out there. So, uh, oh yeah. Peguera, Peguera, okay. which is just a beautiful uh, anchorage and it's super uh, protected. And apparently it's funny cause I didn't know this about this Island, but apparently during the tourism season, it's a lot of young people from like uh, Spain and different places. And it's kind of a trendy place. But then as mm. soon as it gets to be like October, you get like old people from Germany going there and it becomes right. like kind of a German retirement kind of thing and all that. And we were there like kind of right, oh, for the right at, the, at the turnover, you know what I'm saying? We were getting there mm. right as people that were, the younger people were leaving and then all the other people were, were arriving. So it's funny to see sort of the different people around the, around the town. But it's the same in mainland Spain. Like a lot of the um, beachside resorts that are like super expensive during the summer, uh, during the winter, like the um, the property owners, they just do like six months to a lot of Germans because it's freezing cold in Germany in the winter. And they're yeah. like, yeah, I'd rather be in a cold Spain than a freezing Germany. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they rent out the properties like cheap for them over winter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the the vibe changes rather dramatically, <laughs> like around end of September. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But what I was going to get to also is um, after I think you were you were kind of wanting me to give some updates of what else is going on, whatever. But um, yeah, did that sailing trip? Saw you there. That was after the Greece trip that we we met up on with that with the YouTube group. That was like a year later. <coughs> Yeah. Um, since then, I've got my. I had my Choi Lee, the 1965 35 uh, Choi Lee. It became just a crazy headache with trying to keep up with the woodworking and different maintenance from a 1965 boat, which is another mm. um, learning experience that all the old salty people told me originally. Which I'm thinking, as 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 a person getting into sailing, you're always like, "Oh, I know better than them. They, I can do it. Whatever." But then you realize why they actually told you this stuff, which everybody told me when yeah. I bought that. But oh, it's going to be a nightmare to try to and you know, try to do the maintenance and upkeep on the woodworking and everything, and you're going to be spending more time varnishing than you're going to be able to use the boat and this net, which was ended up being super true. I, I never even took the boat out; I just would go down to the the marina and like do work on it all the time, you know. Uh, yeah. So I sold that recently, and the guy has actually done a nice job restoring it. The guy that I sold it to here, uh, he's in oh, Marina yeah. del Rey. Um, I don't know if you, if, if I told you about his Instagram, some him he'll post stuff on there. Um, yeah, let's have a look at it. Can you remember the name of his Instagram? Cause he didn't put uh, any photos on it last time when, yeah, he's been, when you he's been doing, he mostly he does them in his story, but his name is Reed, oh, yeah. uh, Reed Kinning. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be, uh, Reed Kinning is the uh, Instagram name, R E E D K I N N I N G. Uh, but his most recent like pinned photo, he has uh, the boat right there on the front. Real nice looking. He just did the, the deck, I think, a couple weeks ago. Oh my gosh, it looks amazing. Yeah, and you can see a, a few of the photos down. He's got it really polished up nicely with the metal working and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, he's um, done a really good job with that. Yeah, he's put That's a couple of photos on there. Yeah, and then there's one oh, sailing nice. and whatnot. So that was like yeah, yeah, six Almost months ago that I summer. sold that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mate, the thing is with that boat, though, I think with that, but if you would have had, like, if you would have been able to put that boat on the hard close to where you live for a year, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you could have smashed it out, and then it just would have been general upkeep whilst you're out on the water. But that's one of those boats where yep. the, the more you're away from it, the more it's going to go wrong, and everything's going to oh, yeah. get worse if you leave it. Oh, big time. And that's the bad thing about here compared uh, here in Southern California. It's like, there's almost nowhere that like lets you put it on the hard and do your own work and keep it there for a long time, except for ex- yeah. you know, really expensive and stuff like that. Cause here it's like, you can put it on the hard for like three or four days maximum, you know, and then it starts really? being super expensive. Well, I mean, oh, then yeah. it becomes expensive with the storage of it and all this, um, which was crazy. Cause when I first bought my first boat in uh, Maryland, there was a like a navy marina that i was close to my where i worked and it was like one of these super cheap on the hard situations like a hundred dollars a month or something and i was able to do all the work on it i would just go there every day and do the work and it was just just completely night and day difference here in southern california Uh, because the boat yards there's only there's like few and far between on the boat yards and and they're wanting to make a bunch of money and it's everything costs like crazy amounts like double triple the amount of uh to do the work and stuff so it's not really realistic for that. But yeah, that's one of those. It it, it was a beautiful boat and super seaworthy. I mean, this thing was really great whenever oh, yeah. I took it a few times out in the ocean to like Catalina and stuff. Um, but anyway, I downsized um, to a small uh, Ranger 26. And this thing was, it's really beautiful uh, because it's a 1970, I think. 
um, the people, the guy that I bought it from, well, he was, he bought it from another couple that bought it, had it in San Diego and they spent, he showed me all these receipts. They spent like $50,000, like restoring this thing in a, in a proper oh. like, boat yard. And the boat's not even, it's not even worth $10,000. So it's like, why would they do this? Uh, but it's sure enough. I mean, like the receipts and stuff were legit. All the work was done. I could tell you on the, on the boat and stuff like that. So he told me, the guy I bought it from told me that these folks were like just a rich family that wanted this thing in pristine condition for like their kids or something and ended up just paying this crazy amount of money to get it completely redone. Everything from the painting, interior, exterior, rigging, everything you can think of, uh, interior, everything's perfect. So anyway, bought this thing for like, I think it was like $7,000. Uh, and it's just uh super easy maintenance outboard outboard motor and stuff and i've been working on it actually this week just doing some little tinkering with it and messing with the there's all, always you know issues but i'm just doing some little stuff with it gonna take it out to catalina which is the nearby island here in southern california gonna take it out there for a couple of days um so still still doing some sailing but not doing a lot of the video uh making of video stuff with sailing you know um, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to keep up the YouTube videos, but it's like, I have such a diverse sort of interest in things. And I, I want to document these things like my motorcycle trip in Mexico, which has been kind of consuming a ton of time, not a ton, but I, I, I probably do two to three weeks a year of this motorcycle trip, but always one week at a time. Yeah. I'll meet my friend in Mexico and we'll do like one week and we'll do, uh, like maybe 500 miles in that week. So we'll go pretty slow. You know, we'll go like a hundred miles a day just to sort of do more sightseeing and see the, yeah. uh, see the towns and stuff. So I've been doing a lot of videos of that and those are not at all like popular on my channel, but I, I still want to do it. Cause I don't really care too much about it. It's a good experience. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was awesome. You know, my whole thing with the YouTube is kind of like, I just want to document it for my own self. Like whenever I'm 80 or whatever, I want to look back and be like, Oh, that's something cool. I did, you know, 30 years ago. Let me, um, yeah. let me relive it, you know? Um, that's the other thing with making videos is like, it's so much better than even a photo album, you know, because you're like reliving that day and you're able to look back on it with these, the memories of being, being there almost. So yeah. that's part of the way I love that. Well, one of the things I love about making, making these videos. Mate, it's great. It's like, and the, and the thing is now, obviously the way the internet is like you put something on YouTube, unless you delete it, I imagine it's going to be there for all of time. Like right. YouTube isn't going to just disappear. <laughs> you right. know, none of these videos are going to go anywhere. Um, yeah. I, I saw the value in it because like, I, I watch like YouTube for everything. I get my news, I get my science, I get my history, I get all my you know, sailing stuff I've always watched on YouTube. Um, but I always just thought it was like super hard work to make videos. But then right. when I spent time with a couple of people that do YouTube sailing um, that had kids and I was just like, gosh, how amazing would it be to like, you know, show your kids when they're in their 60s and they can show oh, yeah. their kids. They were just oh, like, yeah. this is what I did when I was a kid with your oh, grandparents yeah. and like have real video. Because, you know, if I, if I want to, I don't have my grandparents anymore. And if I want to see them it's a photo you know of some random events where everyone's been told to smile so like the opportunity to like just record real life experiences and like share those with the ancestry oh not yeah. the ancestry the future people of your family i don't know all yeah. the names for that yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like generations to come right look back and just say you know andrew sailed around places and here's some videos of them oh yeah be crazy Cause think about it when we were kids, we may have like some photos from here and there, you know, but it's like, we don't Maybe. really have memories of like these events because it's like, nobody has those kind of memories 
uh, that are very oh. specific. You may you may remember, oh, remember that family trip? We went to whatever town, but you yeah. don't really remember what you did that day, you know? But if you have a video of it, you're like literally reliving the entire day almost, you know? And, yeah. and you're, you're able to vividly remember these things. So that's one of the coolest things, I think. Yeah, without a doubt. And and being able, do you know what's nice as well? Like when like we I've met a bunch of people since we've been on the water like for the past couple of months and they've said, Oh, you know, where did you get the boat? What have you done to it? And I've just been like, Oh, I made some videos on it and check it out. And then like yeah. the next day or a couple of days later, they're coming back and they're asking like questions, Oh, that's so cool. And you did this and you did that. And it's nice to be yeah. able to just share stuff you experience with people. Um, oh, yeah. but in a recorded way, I suppose. Right. Kind of in a like weird. obviously like an intimate way where only you know only you and the camera are dealing with it, but then people are able to watch it, you know. Yeah, no, it's yeah. great. No, I think I think it has like I think it has a lot of value. And the thing is as well, it's like this this is, I, I mean we 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 spoke about this before, I'm sure. Um, but the videos that you put on the internet way back of sailing when you were cruising the Bahamas, oh, like, yeah. I watched every one of those. I watched some of them multiple times because I was just like, that is amazing. Like, that guy's just gone and bought a boat. He's fixed it up in the yard. He's gone to the Bahamas. He's doing his thing. And that was really inspiring. And like, you know, we ended up doing a podcast and talking and like we've sailed in different countries together. But how many people have watched one of your videos and been inspired by it. And you will just never know. You'll you'll right. never know how what you did has helped someone get through a bad day or even to make, take a completely different life course, you know, That's from true. what originally into it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. We said the Australians that I had on the boat for a couple of weeks, bringing it over to Spain, um, we were talking about Carl Suana. I was, uh, sorry, Carl Suana. I was telling him about that. And I was just like, oh yeah, my friend Josh, like when we went there, he did, we like he made a video about it. And they were like, "All oh, right," and I was like, "Yeah, actually, he puts he puts her videos online." Like, oh, Josh Post I was like, "Yeah, oh, we've watched loads of his stuff. We love his videos," and like they've watched those with you know positivity and they've remembered oh, awesome. them with good memories. So, as like, it has a good impact, mate. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. If you can keep it positive, and you know, don't just chase uh, what is it, sensationalism and stuff like that, you know, or just you know <laughs> looking for a car crash or something. But if you can actually, if you can make the fake something thumbnails, <laughs> sort of, uh, yeah, so sort of. Uh, uh, inspirational whatever about life it's i think that's the critical thing to document it's tough yeah, nowadays it's I mean, right because everybody's everybody's got all this ang everybody's got an angle with trying to do video stuff and everybody's got you know you're trying to compete with like the the one minute uh shorts that are some you know oh, all that stuff car accident or somebody that's throwing a trick shot with the frisbee or something crazy you know all these things that you just flip through on the phone and stuff like that um some of them are brilliant like when i'm bored i just oh, yeah. like go on facebook and you know i'm like where have the aliens landed what's the cia doing just you oh, know yeah. getting on downloading all my latest news oh yeah fake news um <laughs> but yeah when I, when I go through those reels on facebook and it's like people like park oh my god those guys are crazy like just watching and they they show you like the first three seconds of a video so it'll be oh, yeah. a guy just like running up to the end of the building and then it stops and you're like well, right. shit i have to watch this like, yeah. <laughs> you know what happened to this guy <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, it's crazy though nowadays, right? I, that's why, and this is completely different, but like, you know, here I'm in close to LA, I'm about an hour South of LA and you know, they got the whole like writer's strike and the actor's strike. And oh, all that's stuff. big at the moment. Yeah. You know, it's been going on for several months, but it's like, you almost think like, okay, what's happening in the entertainment industry? Is it ever going to, I don't think it's ever going to really go back to normal. Cause I mean, you have so many no. outlets now it's such, such a competitive world with like, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Netflix, you can go, you can go all these places where you can find your own interest Yeah, and you're, uh, you're not going to be, nobody's really watching 
a lot of shows or movies anymore. Most people are just watching, whether it's YouTube stuff or TikTok or whatever short video, uh, videos on, on, on Facebook. Massively. So and that's the, other really thing with the, the whole structure of the writers and actors is like, okay, that's a full on like movie production where you're going to get paid a bunch of money and there's a bunch of money backing it. It's like, okay, well, you can also go and make your own thing on, you know, you could, there's no reason you can't make a TV show on YouTube, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was just thinking to myself, you remember the old, old shows like friends or something, right? Imagine mm -hmm. somebody wants to just, okay, I'm going to get my friends together and like, we're going to actually have a scripted show and make it a nice, that's, that's nowadays it is possible to do that. If you really had a nice, I you know, prefer if you, that. If you wanted to do it together, you know? Yeah. I would prefer, I prefer that. The thing yeah. is as well, it's, mate, I, I think, I think cinema is on its way out big time. Like, I don't know. I, I imagine it's expensive in the States because I know a lot of people have complained about the price of like taking your family to the movies and getting popcorn oh, yeah. and a hot dog and sodas is like mm -hmm. hundreds of dollars in some cities. Oh, yeah. um, but like, I think I think the ro the romance of going to the cinema and watching a movie is pretty over. The streaming yeah. services have dominated now. People are making like great informative documentaries on YouTube. People are making movies for YouTube as well. Like, right. there's one guy right. that made like a Superman movie and put it on you. It's low budget, you know, but the story was great. Um, so I think it's toast. I don't think it's going anywhere. The other right. thing about this writer's strike that I think is hypocritical as shit is like you've got all these writers and these like, you know, entry level actors. They're all on the street and they were like, we want a fair wage. And I'm like, go for it, lads. You know, great. I want a fair wage for you as well. And then, like, you know, I don't know, some some dude who's worth, like, 30, 40 million is walking on the street with them. Yeah, I stand with them. I'm like, you're the bloody problem, mate. You're getting, like, 10 million a movie. He's getting $10. You need to share your wealth. That's the problem here. And they're, 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 they're like, protesting with them in Hollywood. Right. Oh, I'm yeah, like, I've seen that. Share the cash, and then the problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'll be more money to go around if you don't get paid as much. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's just, it's, it's so wild. You know, I do enjoy, I still enjoy going to the movies. Um, you know, I hope what was the last movie you watched at the cinema? Uh, I actually went to that Oppenheimer a couple weeks ago. Oh, you've seen that. How is it? Yeah. Hey, I wasn't really, you know, uh, too, too, you know, blown away is cliche is, uh, yeah. is ironic to say, but I wasn't too blown away by it. Um, it was like um, pretty good. I mean, it was decent. I was able to watch it, but it was quite long. And it was like uh, Christopher Nolan, the director, he always is known for doing like kind of uh, unorthodox uh, views of things, you know. So the, there were a couple of different storylines kind of all over the place. Mm. I almost wish they would have just followed like one storyline, you know, uh, of like the whole process. But anyway, it was yeah. good. But yeah, I, I still love going to the movie theaters. So I hope that doesn't go away anytime soon. But I think the thing is, like anybody now can make uh, a pretty good uh, movie. I and mean, there's so many people on YouTube that are like really mm. talented with like very nice um, cinematography and making a nice storyline and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be coming more and more of like independent films that are literally some people off of YouTube that put together a movie. Um, I'd love that. People are going to watch more of that stuff. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is as well, mate, it's like... I don't know if you remember, like in the night before, like the superhero genre really got big, like Marvel, and then before, like you know, these big franchise horror movies, like what's that one, like Saw, where it just oh, shows yeah. you people just getting chopped. It's just bullshit. It's just crap films. And there's there's a few others, like The Conjuring. They've made six of Fast and the Furious. It's utter garbage. Like mm -hmm. before that, they made films about real things. Or like period dramas that were good, right. like that anybody right. could watch. Like they oh, actually yeah. made movies that had value in history. Like 
you know, there's lo- there's loads of them, and and it seems like now they're just trying to chase big cash, and like oh, yeah. Disney it's, basically just own everything now as well. Like they've completely monopolized Hollywood exactly. to a certain extent, um, yeah. and they're they're just like pumping out whatever shit Twitter says that they should <laughs> that they should pump out. So it's I, always I think the need... comic book, big comic book stuff, or the Mission Impossible kind of stuff, or you know, yeah. it's, there's not really good storylines that are actually. And it's funny because like I was watching another spy movie. It was like on. Um, it was on Netflix a few weeks ago. I only watched like five minutes of it because I like, okay, this is the same. You turn it same on thing. and it like has the exact same formula as like a Mission Impossible kind of movie. And it was like, okay, yeah. I've seen this a hundred times or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably getting old, but I'm always like, okay, back in the back in the good old days, you know, when they had these movies whenever. Mate, it's true. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I don't know if like we're becoming older people or older men or whatever, but it's like there's just some shit that was just better like 20 years ago. Yeah, and like cinema was one of them, without a doubt. Oh yeah, that, like, even Jurassic Park, they fucked that up. Like Jurassic Park is, it should be a movie about dinosaurs biting people's heads off. The last one was like about some girl who had like some genetic thing or whatever, and like oh. the di- the di- I I wasn't following it. I was that like, bored, but I'm sure it's like the dinosaurs' DNA could like save this girl's life or something. I was like, fuck that! Like I've the, I've the T Rex bite someone's head off. That's sexual entertainment. Oh, so yeah. even Jurassic Park has lost it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I mean, I could go on and on, but yeah, the the, the good old days, whenever they had a good plot and good uh, storyline, you know, back in that back in the day. Uh, what was Will, I watching Will recently? Um, right, we haven't seen there anything was an like that in a while. Jody Jody Foster recently was talking about Taxi Driver, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and like those are the classics that we're talking about, you know, stuff like yeah, that. yeah, crazy. Yeah, she was one of the uh, she was one of those actors, she, she like from the last era of actors that just made good films that meant something i think yep. like any anybody who was big in movies in the 1990s i think was kind of at hollywood's peak and i think from there it's just kind of gone off a cliff and now yeah. they all want to get into politics which just sent them straight off the cliff <laughs> it's like, if and i didn't even, like your films yeah, now i don't like your opinion so i'm definitely not watching <laughs> and even the comedies they have this silly formula that they try to go with whenever it's a hollywood movie uh, comedy it's like they're not even that fun to watch anymore you know it's like they have the same or like they're you know anyway i could go on and on about that stuff i I was talking with somebody else about comedy uh, a few weeks ago someone who was on my boat i was like they could not make american pie now like there will be absolute social outrage if they tried to come up with an american pie it would be like that guy's a rapist that guy's a pedophile that guy's a racist that guy's a fatophobic like (laughs) there'll be a title for everybody in that film they couldn't do it Oh yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't make a joke about anything. No, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to a, to a reset in Hollywood so we can actually watch some good films. But we actually we cancelled our Netflix subscription in protest. Okay. We were like, we we don't we don't want to watch Netflix anymore because there's so many of them popped up. Like four years ago, it was Netflix. Like you yeah. get Netflix and then you can stream stuff, and then they've gradually lost so much, so many licenses to movies mm-hmm. and TV shows that you now have to pay for like six of these things to watch stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, no. Well, let's do one. And Amazon's the cheapest, so we do that. Yeah. And even Netflix is like every time I go on there, I start the movie within five minutes. I turn it off. You know, I'm like, I'm not oh, love this, them a crap. You know? Yeah, it's like I think I spend more. I think this is common for everybody. You spend more time searching and trying to find something interesting than you do uh, actually watching it. Because once you commit to something, you know. So I yeah, think that's, that's why also these, right. these longer series are so popular because then you can find something you actually like and you're okay. I'm going to, I'm going to invest if it's going to be 20 episodes or whatever, I'm going to watch all of them because I, I know that there's something I'm interested in or something there. So those are, those yeah. are popular. 
but then you just end up watching them in like three days, not sleeping yeah. that much, and then exactly. you've got nothing to watch for like another month. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> it might, yeah. him, him and wife, she always says like, we watch we watch Star Trek, we always watch Star Trek. So like, she's like, oh, we need, we need to wait for the season to end, then we can watch it all at once. I'm like, yeah, but then we don't sleep, we eat like shit, we don't exercise for a week. So let's just watch it every every week when it actually comes out instead. We can have like a normal life for like four months while, while it's running. <laughs> um, that's the thing that people don't realize also. So this was another one of these connections off YouTube. So Andy and I, now we've known each other for like four years, but we'll message at least once a week with something. And like just yesterday, I was like, oh, I'm doing this to my boat. Do you have any ideas about how I can fix this or that? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll do that back and forth and like, uh, it creates a, it creates a good, uh, friendships. And that's the other thing I'm realizing. It's like nothing else really matters in the end. You know, it's like, you just, uh, it's good to have memories with people and nice relationships with people. Uh, what else can you ask for? You know, it is, mate. It's just about like spreading positivity. Like it, it's, yeah. it's great. It's, 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 it's what it's an example that I've got of like you can literally just find a friendship anywhere, and it can actually become quite meaningful. It's like you yeah. can have a conversation. You can message someone on Instagram. You can have a conversation with them. Then you can go sailing with them. Then you can go on a trip. Then you can yeah. go to a different. And it's like you know, you can end up like getting to know people really well and really enjoying it maybe the internet's not a bad thing after all right we'll see we'll see how it ends up we'll see yeah we'll but see you do i was gonna say i was gonna say you do look like you've taken a shower uh, from you know because like the last time i get you some of your your messages whenever you would be cleaning the boat and stuff you have like all this dust all over yourself you got the Blue beard face. down here and stuff like that yeah. <laughs> yeah i had to trim up a little bit mate. i was getting a bit rough yeah. yeah, it wasn't work. I have I haven't showered today. I got up with the best intentions, but then I needed to start replacing some uh, coolant hoses, and then I got sweaty, and then it was like thirty degrees. I was like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to stink yep. for the rest of the day. It's fine. Oh yeah. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. No, my sanitary health has improved somewhat since my family came <laughs> on board. I don't smell great all the time. I don't put deodorant on that much, which I probably need to start rehabilitating myself towards. But <laughs> it's getting better. <laughs> well, tell uh, Hibbert and Arthur hello. Yeah, mate, and um, we're going to speak offline about when you are coming to the Met and uh, sailing on this boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's got to happen next year. Definitely. <laughs>